Welcome to Shadow Life, The Roman Files, a podcast. In this episode, Delagaff, do I look like I give a fuck? Roman gets pulled into the soft underbelly of the seedy Amsterdam sex shows and drug trade. Open the glove box, pack a bowl, soldier, requested First Sergeant Hilliard as he pushed a button on the audio system of the BMW 700 series and Marvin Gaye's voice filled the plush interior of the high-end German luxury auto. Roman turned his head to look at his superior in the hopes that his facial expression might just clear up what he thought he'd heard. Obviously, this couldn't be right. Pack a bowl? Surely Sergeant Hilliard meant something else entirely. But lo and behold, Roman immediately saw the small item wrapped in foil next to a pipe Roman recognized as used to smoke weed or hashish. Roman pulled the paraphernalia out and did as he was instructed, shaking his head as he pinched a tiny piece of the sticky, gummy, dark brown substance and rolled it between his forefinger and thumb, making a little tar ball of the highly resonated and potent THC, and then packed the bowl, and then packed the bowl for Sergeant Hilliard. Look, Sarge, I'm trying to do the right thing here. I mean, I joined the army to straighten myself out, you know? You know, leave all of this, Roman gestured with the pipe, behind me and become a real button-down soldier. Not to worry, son. We'll get you buttoned down good and tight. Don't you worry about that none. Hilliard replied with a sly smile. He pulled the black BMW out of the army base main gate and gunned the car into the traffic headed into the city. Hilliard passed the lit pipe back to Roman. Go on, soldier. Try that shit out. Roman pulled lightly on the smoking pipe, fully aware that a small amount of hash was ten times more potent than pot. But as the cannabis concentrate was pulled down into his lungs, it seemed to expand a hundredfold, and Roman coughed like some novice never having smoked before. Sergeant Hilliard just grinned. Yeah, boy, that's the shit for real. Roman blinked as he exhaled and stared out the passenger window watching the cars and buildings of his new German hometown go by in a blur. Fucking hell, he thought. What a way to start his military service. How do you know, Roman asked. Hilliard cocked his head and shot Roman a quick glance. He put his index finger on his face, pointing at his eye. A fisherman can always spot another fisherman, Roman nodded. Well, I haven't been fishing in quite some time. My boys seem to think you was cool enough, Hilliard said, making reference to Roman's roommates. Roman just shook his head, recalling the day he first arrived at Rivers Barracks. 
or the zoo as it was known. He'd been assigned to an eight-man room in the old refurbished World War II barracks with seven brothers, all from big cities like Harlem, Detroit, and Chicago. It wasn't like this was his first experience being a minority or a token white boy. Junior high all over again. The room was heavy with smoke from cigarettes and hashish, which they smoked non-stop it seemed, as they did each other's hair, cornrows, or combing out a fro while playing chess on the biggest board and pieces made from marble. They invited him to play, which he did, and then they beat him every time. They passed him their pipe. Roman took small puffs, more out of respect than anything else. He didn't really want to continue being just another pothead kid from Florida, but he also didn't want to get on the wrong side of his new roommates either. When in Rome, right? As Hilliard navigated through the traffic headed across the city to another military base, he laid out what he wanted Roman to do, why he'd been hand-picked for this assignment. We got a nice little thing going on here. Everybody's cool. We fly under the radar. Do our duty protecting America and a little side hustle to compensate the shortfalls of Army pay, Hilliard explained. They had a small dope ring they operated on base dealing hash and needed a guy like me to replace someone who had just recently rotated back stateside. Roman shook his head in disbelief. Sarge. I don't want no trouble, man. I'm just trying to walk the straight and narrow here. I mean, I just got out of a very tight spot, and I ain't looking to get right into another one. Perfectly fine, soldier, said Hilliard. We aren't looking to jam you up. As a matter of fact, you're exactly what we're looking for. Someone on the straight. No missteps, you know. No bad hombres. Just a good-looking, straight-laced young man just a good-looking, straight-laced white boy visiting the red-light district in Amsterdam. You reading me? You following me? You picking up what I'm putting down, boy? Just another all-American Christian getting his dick sucked. Ain't nothing to see here. Roman let out a big sigh of resignation. It seemed it didn't matter which way he turned. He was going to step in some shit no matter what. Alright, let's break down the numbers. One pound of hashish is approximately 454 grams. One gram sells for 20 US dollars. That's just over $9,000 per pound. A kilo of hash is 2.2 pounds. A plate of hash is equal to one kilo. And we will net about 18,000 US dollars on the street. Or the barracks, as it were. Roman's cut was $2,000 for every trip he made to Amsterdam. Well, for every successful trip he made. Since Sergeant Hilliard oversaw Roman's duties, it was easy to be scheduled wherever and whenever the Sarge needed him. Roman would find a plain white envelope laying on his bunk with a Eurorail pass and bus tickets to Amsterdam, along with $200 traveling money, Sarge said. He'd take the train from Giessen to Frankfurt, which took about an hour, and then get on a bus from Frankfurt to Cologne, change buses there, then on to Dusseldorf, change buses once again, more due to Sarge's paranoid security concerns. But is it really paranoia when they're actually after you? Roman wondered. CID, that is. 
Central Intelligence Division of the Army had been specifically tasked with ferreting out drug smugglers in their ranks, and according to Hilliard, they had been sniffing around the zoo making inquiries. Great, Roman thought. Just great. Eventually arriving at the Amsterdam train depot subway, locate the sign for the Duvendrek station and ride the subway into the Neuf Market, a new market, where he disembark and stroll around like any other tourist. Check out the Anne Frank house, drink black coffee, eat freshly baked pastries, and read all about the sites to visit in his little tourist pocketbook. Roman thought he'd better do a bit of recon before it got dark and look for any possible red flags as far as getting jammed up inside. So he walked the route to Casa Rosa from two different paths and noted escape routes if needed. Back door of the theater led to an alley that connected to a street that was adjacent to the next canal. He was expected to meet Luke at midnight. Roman finished dinner and walked the shops afterwards. Window shopping to see if he'd spot anyone paying him special attention or following his steps. Roman pretended to be a tourist and strolled nonchalantly down to Divalen, the largest and best known red light district to check out the live sex shows like at the Casa Rosa Theater where the big elephant and pink neon glowed above the door. Devon is laid out like a labyrinth, with a network of alleys displaying prostitutes and windows illuminated by red lights. The prostitutes themselves don't look like the prostitutes Roman had seen hanging out on the corner of most of the large American cities he'd been to or on TV. They weren't too old, are too young or visibly on drugs. The majority of the prostitutes in Amsterdam are actually really attractive looking younger women. This is a legitimate profession and these girls take care of themselves just like any actress or model on TV would. They're tax-paying citizens and treated like just any other profession or job. Once Roman found Casaroso, his stomach flip-flopped and he felt a little uneasy about this whole arrangement. What if? Just kept running through his mind. What if Hilliard had just sent him on a fool's errand to buy some drugs off some strange dude with no prior dealings? Well, we'll just have to see what the deal is when we get inside, Roman thought. Fuck it. I'm checking out the show no matter what since I'm here. The theater seated between one and two hundred folks on a good night. Down the street from THE Moulin Rouge, literally only blocks from the Royal Palace. You just gotta love the Dutch, right? They know what side their bread's buttered on. Roman walked through the doors of the Casa Rosa and he went to the bar, ordered a draft beer, and took a look around. He was supposed to be looking for a guy named Luke. Blonde hair, ponytail, mid-thirties. Hilliard scratched his chin when describing him and smiled. 
Think Big Lebowski and you'll spot him right away. Well, a petite young woman with brown hair served his beer and she looked like a young Natalie Woods. And Roman smiled politely at her and asked if there was a guy named Luke around. Roman was about to say he was expecting him, but she beat him to the punch. You must be Roman, young Natalie said. Somewhat shocked she knew his name, Roman kept his composure and just nodded. Young Natalie stuck out her small hand and said, I'm Sophie. Very nice to meet you, Roman. So you've come to check out the show? Roman blushed, not really sure why. I mean, it was, after all, a live sex show theater. He just nodded, not yet able to meet her gaze. Luke has reserved a table for you. Come, let me show you to your seat. The show will start in a few minutes. She came around the bar, grabbed Roman's hand, and led him through the already crowded theater. To Roman's surprise, she took the seat next to his and continued her interrogation. So, where are you from? What's New York like? Have you ever been to Disney World? Do you like the army? Do you have a girlfriend back in the States? This went on until the lights dimmed and the music changed from that bar club disco to something more intimate. A strikingly beautiful woman repelled down from the pitch black ceiling in a spotlight wrapped in silk sheets and lowered to the floor. There sat a single wooden chair. She was completely nude. Roman was mesmerized. A very handsome young man, also nude and bathed in light. The choreographed dance was unlike anything he'd ever witnessed before. And God damned if it didn't appear they were actually doing the deed up there on the stage. Roman couldn't tear his eyes away. Then he felt Sophie's hand on his lap and practically jumped out of his chair. Thank God it was dark in the seating area because he was sporting quite the hard on. He turned to look at her, apologizing for being so jumpy. It's absolutely fine. I was just trying to get your attention. I believe you have something for me to give to Luke, she whispered in his ear. Roman found it hard to concentrate on what she was saying as he breathed in her essence being so close to him at the height of the climax of the show on stage. He didn't know if he was about to come, laugh, or bolt. Right, yeah, yes, yes I do. Roman stammered and dug into his jacket pocket for the envelope stuffed with cash. And then he slid it under the table to Sophie. She smiled and nodded. I like you, Roman. You're very discreet. She bent over and kissed him on the cheek and left. Roman sat there dazed at everything that had just taken place in such a small window of time, unsure exactly what to do next. Had he just been robbed, he wondered? Wow. What a clever setup, Roman thought. Get a guy all hot and bothered, keep him occupied with a little sex show, whisper sweet nothings in his ear, a little alcohol, some smoke, stroke his crotch, then whammo! Bye-bye. Thank you. I'll take that. Shit. What was he supposed to do now? The drink in the show had fogged up his brain. He slipped through the crowded theater goers who were just as mesmerized as he had been and made his way back to the bar to look for young Natalie, or Sophie, if that was even her real name. There were several young, attractive women working behind the bar, but no Sophie. 
Roman asked the bartender where she was, but only received another pint and a sweet smile. Roman was about to make his way behind the bar and search for her in the back, just as Luke sat down next to him. Roman recognized him immediately from Hilliard's description. How's it going? Luke asked. Roman eased back down into his stool and turned to him, half expecting Luke to say something like, Dude, or man, but he didn't. Luke talked like any other normal drug dealing 30-something sex show club manager. You look like you're about to get a jackrabbit out of here just now, Luke remarked. Well, I thought I'd been, it was just, wasn't sure the protocol and didn't know where she, Sophie, right? Where she went. Roman finally got all the words out. Relax, man, it's all cool, Luke said. We have our own way of doing things. Sophie handles some things and I others. Luke replied with a smile of perfectly lined white teeth and reminded Roman of that cat in Alice in Wonderland. What was its fucking name? Okay, so now what? Roman asked. Well, now you just drank up all on the house. Finish the show. Enjoy your time and we'll make the drop off in a couple of hours. You're staying at the Stustig Hostel, right? Roman nodded. All right. Well, we'll see you later. Luke slid off his stool and disappeared into the darkened theater. About half past three in the morning, there was a slight rap on the door to his room. Roman had been waiting on pins and needles for this sign, any sign, that he hadn't been ripped off. No doubt Hilliard would have had a measured punishment for his inability to carry out this assignment. Much to Roman's great relief, upon opening the door, Sophie was standing there with a backpack slung over her shoulder and looking just as adorable and desirable as she had in the theater. She strolled in and set the backpack down on a chair by the small table and turned and said, Well, here you are, Mr. Roman, delivered as promised, and looked into his eyes with its small, thinly veiled smirk. Roman stammered, Sorry about earlier, I didn't know, I didn't was all he got out before she was so close to him he could feel her breath on his face when he looked into her eyes and that's all it took. Roman dove head first off that cliff into her fathomless depths and kissed her on the mouth. They fell into his bed and wrestled their clothes off and spent the rest of the night until dawn came through the window exploring each other's bodies. They had coffee in the cafe across the street and she gave him another long kiss goodbye until next time and disappeared in the throng of passerbyers. Roman slipped the backpack over his shoulder and started walking to the subway station. The sky was cloudy and it looked like rain, but he was smiling ear to ear. His world was sunshine and blue skies. Wash, rinse, repeat. Thank you for listening to Shadow Life, The Roman Files. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please consider clicking on the Support the Show button and make a small donation. A portion of the proceeds will go to those in need of mental health services like The Trevor Project and Brain and Behavioral Research Foundation.